In, in case it hasn't been clear to you by now, I've become increasingly more paranoid. How so? Uh, I'm just sitting in my house by myself. Yeah. Um, thinking that the world is out to get me. What if I what if I came to Lithgow and started just like knocking on your front door over and over again? I wouldn't let you in, Corona. No, but but I don't mean like I don't mean to let me in, but if I just kept knocking and then disappearing, would you think it's the government? Yeah. If, <laughs> like we had um so Emma ordered <laughs> So so Emma ordered um a rug online. Yeah. Right? And because I go to bed at like four AM and get up at one. Um, the, they, they came, like, they delivered her rug at like 11 o'clock this morning. Yeah. And there was just this knock on the door, like a big, you know, a a courier bang on the door. And that woke me up. And in my head, I was like, this is it. This is is the end. They've come to get me. And I woke up and I, I jumped out. And I'm all nude and shit. And I run out with my, my fucking dick out. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And Emma's all like, yay, my rug is here. <laughs> and then she just brings this fucking rug inside. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't you realize I'm insane? You can't just order rugs. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joe. Oh, I'm Dane. <laughs> this is our podcast where we do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of a certain topic. Those topics include things like what, Dane? Oh, uh, oh, um, oh, just bloody any direct anything we fancy. Really, we we we. we it started off with thinking that it's just going to be directors. But it can be anything that we choose, a topic that's like writers or... Um, Roddy hey. Piper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or actors, the best and the worst of a certain category. And whatever the category is, is we decide, hey, maybe, maybe soon it'll be the best and the worst of a certain cinematographer. Oh, that's an interesting one. Maybe, maybe that's something we could dive into that's a bit different. We've yeah. done, at the moment, we've done actors... Uh, directors, uh, franchises. Uh, we've done a one studio one, and I'd like to do another one at some point. It's it, it's kind of, I think we kind of play with the form to to fit our agenda, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we kind of we kind of set ourselves very strict rules, and then try to break them, break our own rules, which is a very, um, I guess maybe sort of psychotic thing to do. But I think it's funny. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I, it I gives think it's us pretty good. Yeah, it gives us it it gives us um, shit to talk about, but also sets us up to um, watch things that maybe we don't want to watch, like the favorite, which I oh oh okay. Well, yeah, spoilers, you're jumping a bit ahead there. Yeah, um, sorry. I, I quickly want to I quickly want to um, say congratulations to ourselves because this is technically the 25th episode, so. I guess that's some form of milestone, you know? Yeah. Cool. Party noises and stuff. <laughs> cool. I think we're almost halfway to half a year, which is pretty groovy. Yeah, well we're clearly we're clearly having fun. I know I am. Yeah. I'm I'm having heaps of fun. It's the especially with this isolation stuff. It's now the highlight of my week doing this. <laughs> um, 
you know. <laughs> hey, you man, know, I'm not. I'm not making fun of you because it was. It was already mine. <laughs> now we're in the same boat. In case together. anyone doesn't know, I was already living in quarantine before this. Before I. <laughs> before I had to. So. So, so the math, uh, so basically how we pick the best and the worst is I basically make a big spreadsheet and I put things in there like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, the box office, the budget. I also adjust for the amount of critics and, um, inflation and such. And then that generally spits out the best and the worst. Yeah. I've Um, seen it. I know what, like, here's the thing. If anyone wants to know exactly what it looks like, Joe... Joe goes down to his huge machine that he's built in his basement. um, And it's got all these sorts of levers and pulleys and this steam shooting out everywhere. And he feeds this information into this giant machine that he's built. And then at at the end of it spits the best and the worst of the category. And this is a very advanced steampunk machine. And Joe's got like goggles on and a little helmet and shit. And um, it's it's a beautiful sight to behold because he's a genius. But- I couldn't believe that I got this machine to run off olive oil. Like uh, it's yeah. pretty impressive stuff. It's fantastic, but that means that it is foolproof. So if you disagree of what is the best and what is the worst, the machine and the math speaks for itself. Well, you can't argue with the machine. Well, we can argue with the machine because this week we essentially went fuck the math, didn't we, Dane? <laughs> yeah, we went fuck the machine. And- <laughs> so, what was our <laughs> what was our topic th- this week, Dane? Oh, it was um, Yugoslavia. What's his name? <laughs> it was the best and worst. Of 2009 to 2018, Yorgos Lanthimos, the uh, the Greek director. I was kind of Yeah, you were pretty. You 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 were you were just a bit racist. You know, not full racist only, as you can only, be sometimes. Only a little bit. Yeah. So he's a he's a Greek filmmaker who makes mm-hmm. I'd say polarizing films. Um, everyone has a strong opinion on all of his films, whether it be. Yep. Uh, good or bad, I haven't met anyone who meh, you know, says meh to any of his films. He, they're, they're quite visceral a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the math, uh, simply because of uh, it made a lot of money compared to its modest budget, um, it got nominated for about a billion awards, winning Best Actress. The best uh, for him was The Favourite. Yep. Um, Critic-wise, it has pretty impeccable um, uh, reviews. However, audience scores are always lower for his films. I think it is because some people, not not for all of them, so I, I'm, I'm sure people have different uh, valid opinions, but uh, some people don't understand some of his films, and I think it angers people sometimes, So, which I find a fun little thing to read, specifically in reviews. I can what definitely did you think of? Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the before? Actually, before we go too deep into uh, what we think of this film, what's the general plot of this film, Dane? It's okay. also called the favorite, by the way. I don't know if I said that. I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. Yeah. I think. So the favorite, which I have accidentally kept calling the queen. So if you hear me referring to it as the queen, I don't know why I keep calling it that. 
but I do, but it's called The Favourite. The Queen. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, so first of all, I want to say my elevator pitch for this film, so the very basic um, uh, synopsis in an elevator pitch would be The Queen is a Baby, which is the comedy, and she is a lesbian, which is the drama. Now, right. the synopsis for the film is a bit difficult to go into because of the nature of the director. Okay, so but, quickly, um, I, but, I'm going to just say, yeah. um, spoiler warning, we haven't really been saying that, and I think it's probably worth um, saying that we're probably going to spoil the fucking movie with this little description. So, yeah, go ahead, take it away, Dane. Okay, so basically, yeah, I'll give a basic synopsis. First of all, I don't care about spoiler warnings because I think that if a film is worth watching, it's fine to spoil it and it's still worth watching. I think that... I I agree and disagree. Right, I think we that can... I think... I, I, I would be questioning why the fuck someone's listening to this if they haven't seen it or... I'd be questioning yeah, anyway. why the fuck someone's listening to this at all. But... <laughs> but... Let me get into the let me get into the very basic plot synopsis without too many spoilers. Okay. Right. <clears throat> so, um, Emma Stone. I'll get into her a bit later. But Emma Stone plays um, basically a young lady who used to be a woman of privilege. But her family fell on hard times. Also, the film is set during like 1700, 1800 or some bullshit. Yeah. 18th really, century. Yeah. During that really fucking like boring era of shit. It's like, it's like Jane Austen crap. Um, and, and it centers around um, the queen. Which queen is she? You oh, can, Jesus. You can already tell how much I do not respect this uh, it's Queen. It's Queen Anne. It's pretty okay. sure. Okay, never heard of that. But like, okay, so Queen Anne of England. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, so this young woman who used to be a woman of privilege and is now a peasant, I guess, uh, gets a job at the palace as a servant. Um, and then there's the queen and the queen's sister or her immediate servant or person of her, her, her wait do you think this was doing some incest shit uh so it's basically not, just it's like not, her best it's it's her lover it's literally the the character is yeah but her job her, her job her girlfriend is, her job is like she's like the pa right She's literally, she's literally married to a very important general and has a very close relationship yeah, with but the queen. She's always, so she becomes like her hey, who's right-hand actress, man. Who's that actress, by the way? Because I kept thinking- Rachel Weisz. So it is Rachel Weisz. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I love her in this film. Okay, so Ra- Rachel, is it Rachel Weisz or Rachel Weisz? I don't, well, we've said both, so someone will be happy and someone I'm gonna will be I'm going to say Rachel so. Wise. So, Rachel okay. Wise plays the PA to the Queen. Yep. Um, and they're at war with France. Um, and then uh, Liz, uh, little lady Emma Stone. Abigail. 
yeah, comes in and basically works her way up to be, and she's aiming for the same position that Rachel Weiss's character is in. And it's basically a film about, it, it, it's basically the, the, what, what keeps you going is the politics of the film, which would be anyone who's a fan of um, <clears throat> Jane Austen type garbage, where everything is about the politics and the, you know, um, the, the, the verbal wars and the, the secrets they keep and how they play each other is, 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 is basically the, is basically the drama of the film and, and, and what's meant to keep it going because Emma Stone's character is basically trying to, um, politically work her way up through the film. Um, but I will just say like, uh, spoiler warning, I guess about half an hour in, you find out that the queen and her PA, Rachel Weisz, um, are, are a lesbian also, couple are also lovers. And so Emma Stone sees that as an opportunity to work her way up and work in uh, a favor with the queen by basically fucking her real good. That sounds a bit vulgar when I just said that, but no, but I it's mean, true. It's yeah, kind of what happens. Yeah, that's 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 basically it, right? It's that sounded terrible coming out of my, but I don't know because it's still. Um, kind of a hard film to explain. You really just have to watch it. And I will say, first of all, is that this is a film worth watching. I personally didn't like it, but it is a film that's, that's, that's worth watching. Okay. So I guess that'll do. Um, I'm sure people can look up and read a bit more into detail. It's, it's basically a weird love triangle, political, uh, period piece. Um, but it's, I, I think, how you look at this film really will affect how you feel about it. So yeah, let's let's get into this. What did you what did you think of the film, Dan? Look, personally I didn't like it, but <clears throat> I just want to say like straight up that anything set during this era and around this this particular group of people. So say like am I even saying that right? Is it Jane Austen who wrote about like uh, privileged families during this era and the politics within the families. Yeah. And the Brontes and stuff like that. Yeah. That yeah. stuff bores the absolute fucking shit out of me. And I detest it. I think it sucks. So, but this is the best version of that I've ever seen, but I still found it incredibly boring because I don't care about these people the whole time. I just kept being like, I wish the French would come in and just kill them all. I hope that that happens by the end. I know it wasn't going to happen, but I thought, Hey, maybe it's, it's like a weird Greek filmmaker. He might do a Tarantino and just be like, yeah, the end of the film is the, wait, the, the what? Wait, was this a, was this a comedy or a drama to you, Dane? Sorry? Was this a comedy or a drama to you? Um, well, it's a bit like, um, uh, same as like the, the, the film that we'll get in, uh, to the next episode, like Dogtooth, in that it's, it's kind of like a, um, it's, it's almost like a horror film. Um, but it, it has, it's, it's like, there's a comedy through line, but 
it's very tragic and horrific at its core. So it's, it's, it's very unsettling um, because I felt like ultimately the film was about power and how power corrupts and it turns people into um, monsters and, and, and makes them let go of their moral core in the pursuit of power, which is very unsettling, but it's full of uh, consistent comedy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I think we watched a different film. To be perfectly honest, no, I'm pretty like, sure I watched. It had um, Olivia Coleman. In no, it. no, no. I, I, we watched the same movie, but I can't believe what we got out of the film so was you found so completely it, so, different. So, did you find it like a, a just like a full on comedy? Well, no, of course, of course, the relationships and stuff to make any of it to to make it funny, we have to care somewhat about these characters and to believe that the relationships are real mm. for any of the comedy that's on on display here for it to work yeah. but where i dis disagree is you're talking about it's about how power corrupts and all these sort of things yeah. i can say i can I, I disagree like at the core of it i saw it as a love story between olivia like queen anne and sarah and then um and then it's about like Emma Stone's character Abigail, really, you manipulating that relationship and r manipulating that dynamic to yeah. gain power. See, so I, I understand like where you're getting that. There, see, I feel like the manipulation um, is the, the 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 bridge between love and power, and ultimately, I feel like power wins out. Of course, no, of course, because Abigail, so like, some, uh, uh, to spoil, I don't think it, that to spoil any... Abigail's character wins in this, in this situation. Is She's Abigail the one that kind of comes out. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, her character wins out in this kind of war of wills between Rachel Wise and Emma Stone's character. Yep. However, I don't, like, and, I, and I've seen this twice now, and the first time I was a bit, um, because I, I had in my brain the idea that it was completely about this you know this 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 urge for power this kind of struggle for that power but the mm. second time i watched it, it it very much became clear that sarah really did love anne and rachel the way that weiss they, is sarah yes yes right. yes sorry i'll call them by their actor names no 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 you can <laughs> call them no i was just confirming call them abigail yeah. and sarah but it's like yeah that's not to say that the film doesn't do a good job of that. It's just I have a chronic problem of um, not remembering characters' names. Sure. Also, I found that a lot of the tropes and stuff from that Jane Austen style, they were lampooning the absolute shit out of it. Yeah, I know that, but I didn't I didn't care for that at all. Because it's, like, okay. it's like, oh, look how funny and ridiculous these people are. It's like... Uh, yeah, I know. Everyone knows. So, so your 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 distaste for this film is hypothetically. Your dad says, "I don't like spaghetti westerns," mm -hmm. and they've only ever seen certain spaghetti westerns, and but they've never seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. They you show them the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is objectively, subjectively, quote unquote, the best spaghetti western, yeah. and they'll be like, "Yeah, I get it, but I don't like it because I don't like spaghetti westerns." It's kind of like that. You just inherently don't like any film of this form, whether or not it's satire, whether or not it's earnest. Sort of. Is that kind of what you're getting so at this? Sort of. But okay. Like, and but that's why I wanted to say that because I think that um, my opinion should like 
if anyone is taking my opinion <clears throat> sincerely, then it should be understood that I don't enjoy um, watching these people in their their lives, but I can still understand the dynamics between the characters and how it can be interesting. It's kind of like um, Gone with the Wind. You ever seen that piece of shit? No, I'm not watching Gone with the Wind. Right. So it's, too, it's like 17 hours, and it's like I like melodrama. I'm I'm watching Desperate Housewives. Yeah, it's like it's, I like melodrama. Yeah, it's but like, it's like four and a half hours long. So I sat through that. And I can understand how people can see that as a good film, but I just do not fucking care about the plight of these people. Okay, so let's dig more in deeply into the favorite and as to why, what elements about this make you not like it specifically? Okay, so on the on the very surface, as a film, as a film, not as a not as a genre, not as a not as a time capsule. What about this film? Yeah, it's not as bored not as you a, or angered you or. That's what I'm trying to say. Is it's not so much as um as a genre, but it also but it but it has become a genre of itself. But um, I don't care about the plights of extremely privileged privileged people even if it's satirical. Sure. Um, but, however, that being said, if this was a film that's, that was about, say, um, a, a modern-day version of this would be um, if this was about, say, uh, some modern-day ruling class, like the, 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 the American politicians or some bullshit, th that would appeal to me more just because it's relevant. Which isn't something to say that this this makes it a bad film, but that's just personally for me. I don't care for him to point out that these historical figures were ridiculous because I already knew that, and I don't care that the queen is uh, rolling around on the floor and acting like a baby because I already had an incredibly low opinion of these people in the first place. And so that was very uninteresting to me. And it wasn't even funny to me, except that Olivia Coleman does such a good performance that it was amusing. You know, I found this film hysterically funny, like not, not like dumb and dumber, like, you know, cramping, laughing because it's, but it is, like a, but it is a bit, but it is a little bit like that. It's farcical. Of course it's farcical. The, the, again, it's, it, it's, 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 not it's it's like there's broad stroke comedy which is great and has its witty humor and everything but this is i can see how someone might not find certain things funny mm. even though it is a joke right but i think you know that what I has mean? to do with that it's 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 kind of like a broad and this is i think uh i've only now seen two films by this dude but you know i have to, i do have to point out that i already like him and I'm going to watch a bunch of his other films after this. Um, because Please the watch same The Lobster, because <clears throat> I want to hear you talk about The Lobster. <laughs> because it's the same with... Um, um, what was I going to say? Because uh, it's the same with the other film, which we'll talk about in the next one. But um, it's like broad... It's, it's a broad comedy meets um, like a horrific drama how is this broad though how is this broad what 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 aspects of this would you consider broad i'm just curious um maybe just more in the behavior like how 
how silly they all act. You know, it's- but I'm sure I'm sure it, like broad. It's it's kind of like for, slipping on a banana peel sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Or or getting right. your dick stuck in a zipper, or like yeah. putting your tongue on a on a thing and getting stuck. Right. Or like apart from the bits where uh, Nicholas Holt's character kicks fucking Emma Stone and it has that kind of slapstick appeal. <laughs> I'm failing to see what parts of this are uh, broad. Well, not in terms of slapstick, but in just like uh, their basic behaviors. I felt like everyone was um, playing up to a comedic aspect, which isn't a criticism. But- it's fine. I think that's what the film is 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 going for. Sure. But it felt like um, a broad comedy mixed in with a, a very serious drama, which, again, isn't a criticism. That's just what I think that the film is trying to do. That's, again, very similar to what Dogtooth is in that it's a horrific situation, but mixed in with a, a bunch of ridiculous behavior. And so the two right. kind of offset each other, which I think that that part of the film works. Ultimately, I just found the situation and the characters to be very boring and tedious. Like I just, I just didn't care. I couldn't get involved. I didn't care if, if um, Emma Stone's character succeeded or not. Like whatever happened in the in in the scene following after the one I was watching, I just didn't care. I was like. Okay, so in the next scene, she could get shot and she dies and then it carries on with another character and I wouldn't care. Or she can succeed See, and I just I just don't give a fuck. What if you looked at her as the villain of the film? Would that have changed? Because like, the first time you see the film, they kind of very well present her to be kind of... You, you'd be em- empathic and, you know, empathetic mm. for her because she's the lower class peasant. No, I saw her as a villain, but I saw them all as villains because they are interesting villains in society. And so it was, what? to me, it was basically about Emma Stone starting out in a noble position and then she very quickly turns into a villain and then we're just watching a bunch of shitty people interact. Interesting. I I have a lot of like I have a lot of um res- I like Sarah as a character. I she's the sort of, to me she is the most abrasive of them all, right? In terms of how frank she is mm-hmm. and everything like that. But I uh, there was one moment where she was clearly manipulating the queen, right? Yeah, and. The next scene we see her um, backtracking on that, you know, because she because she's in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't see. I, I never really saw her as being this hateable person. I kind of was rooting for her the whole time, you know. Like we, we all d- should have those people in our lives that are going to call us a badger when we look like a badger. You know what I mean? Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I. I, I, for most of it, I felt sorry for the queen because she's so fucking competent and shouldn't be in that position. Yeah, I felt, of course, I felt most sorry for the queen. Yeah, but, but you know, like, I can, I, I think it's a nice little bait and switch 
with uh, Abigail because, like, think about it. In every story ever told, that character is the is the protagonist. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, this is a triple header. There's no real clear protagonist. There is no real hero of the story. But if you pitched this right in the most basic terms, who is your hero in this story? Uh, I, Emma Stone, I, right? Yeah, I guess. Do you know what Emma I mean? Stone. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, so, it's sort I, I of know. like a rags to riches story, I guess. But yeah, it's just yeah. about her American becoming, Dream sort of bullshit. It's just about her becoming a shittier person. No, yeah, well, it's 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 like uh, it's not that she becomes a shittier person. It's just revealed that she's a shittier person. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think she changes. I think it just becomes more apparent. Yeah, fair you know enough. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, what 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 are some other things about this film that angered you or made you not really like it? Okay, I didn't like the fisheye lens shots. Okay, I, I really jar- like the fisheye lens shots. They were they were jarring. So like, they they will just like randomly switch to a, a, like a, a shot of the room, which. I don't think it was a fisheye lens, but it was almost a fisheye lens. So there were two, there were two specialty sort of stuff he did, which I really respected. He does use a lot of fisheye, um, actual fisheye. But then if you noticed, he actually uses some really wide lenses that they're so wide. They've got, um, vignetting. Yeah. Did you notice those as well? So like the corners are black, which means the actual lens isn't big enough for the camera. (laughs) Yeah. Which is usually a mistake, but he's, he just seems to not give a shit. And I, I don't know, I, I liked that. But is that what you're talking about? Where it's not really a fisheye, but it's close? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I didn't like that. It was jarring. Interesting. It just okay. felt I, like I, the reason that that was happening was to just be weird. Like, let's be, let's be, I've never watched a period piece with a fisheye lens wouldn't that be weird? Okay, cool. Good on you, fucking dipshit European cunt. Like, why? Why do that other than just to try to, like, fuck with me? What are you well, doing? The, the, Suddenly the, um... I'm watching a fucking Beastie Boys music video in a, in a period <laughs> piece. Watching a fucking castle in a fisheye lens. I know, I see. I, I quite liked it. Like, the, the whole... It's, it's meant to be a big, big castle. It's meant to be a big, overwhelmingly spacious thing. It's, it's vapid. It's, it's, you know, it's fucking 18th century castles and shit. And those things have huge ceilings and decadency everywhere. And, you know, to, if you're going to display it in any possible way to get the full breadth of what you'll, the amount of excess a fisheye lens is going to show you the floor, the ceiling, the rugs, everything. So I, I don't know. I, I I saw method to the madness there, <laughs> but I can see it, it is distracting. Like every time I'd see it, I'm like, oh, I like that shot. Mm. But I could see if you know, like me and you know this shit, right? Mm. I could see I could see your argument that maybe if someone has no fucking clue what that is or doesn't like it it would take them out of the film. It, it is it is very much um, showing the strings. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but but he does that a few times. Like he even, there's even lens flares 
um, that are clearly show the spherical nature of the lens. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much light going into the lens that you can see the aberrations. And for me, I like that because uh, I think we've talked about this before. I like when things aren't as um, pristine, you know what I mean? I like to see cracks and stuff. And yeah. I don't know, you, but yeah, it seemed I to be abrasive for you. If you're, um, if you're filming a period piece, it's hard enough to make me believe that I'm watching something from this certain era and then you throw a fucking fisheye lens in there. It's going to take me out even more. And I was already taken out of the fucking thing enough by Emma Stone's performance, which is just... Anytime she's on screen, I'm just like, there's Emma Stone doing a performance. How often is um, Emma Stone not Emma Stone, though? What do you mean? Like, how many films have you seen her in? Like, what's her... Like, I'm, I'm just curious. Mm. And I hope this doesn't upset anyone. But, like, what's her range? She has no range. She has no range. She's Emma Stone. She's... Like, like I'm sorry, but Emma Stone is not good. She's bad. I've hated her in everything that she's in. Everything I've seen her in. I'm just like, she sucks. Why... Why do people keep casting her? She's crap. I don't, I wouldn't say crap. I just think she doesn't have range. Like the thing is, if you, if you were to slot her in somewhere where she fits, do you know what I mean? If there's a, the, the, there's certain roles she can play. And, and, and I guess it's interesting having her in this film because it is kind of a satire of this sort of thing. And you've got this obnoxious, uh, fucking Gen Y person playing this lower class person disrupting the status quo. So I kind of get that there is some method in having her in this, mm. but she's up against Rachel Wise and Olivia Coleman. You yeah. know, like so maybe Olivia get Coleman's someone who fantastic can... and Rachel Wise is criminally underrated. Um you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both really good in this, but they're both really good in everything that they're yeah. in. And uh Emma Stone is bad in everything that she's in. Uh, she's, she's just, she's, uh, she's, and this goes with a lot of the, the new Hollywood generation with all these younger actors mm. in that they self-consciously act it like yeah. any time that they're speaking or acting, it's amateur shit. It's like, they're not in character. They're just, they're looking at themselves through the lens and hearing how they sound. It's a who are, who are some of these actors that you're talking about? I'm just curious. Like, who fits into this camp? Emma Stone. Uh, there was another dude who played her, um, that guy who was in the wig. And it's like, not her love interest, but you know what I mean? What's, what's that guy's name? Oh, Nicholas Holt? Yeah, he's rubbish. He's, just, he's in the same category as her. A guy who um, can put on sort of an accent, but it's self-conscious acting. It's like, I imagine that these actors are, uh, are good to work with as a director. If you're um, a director who doesn't give too much of a shit about the quality of your film and that they take direction well and they're willing to just nod and do their best and they'll, they'll put on the accent, they'll remember their lines and um, they'll... But they're a B plus player. They'll try to put the the inflections on everywhere you want them to. But basically, all they're doing is they're hearing themselves and watching themselves, and they're not 
being the character. They're not, they're not doing the performance properly. They're not getting invested in the role. They're just invested in themselves, which I think you can see there is a very uh, clear distinction between Rachel Weiss and Olivia Coleman, who are fantastic. Uh, and Emma Stone is rubbish. She sucks. I do not ever want to fucking see her again. And I have no choice but to see this bitch for a very long time, probably until she turns mm, 38. And then I'm not going to see her again unless she can do a, a little renaissance and come back as an old lady actor at, 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 at 55. <laughs> she sucks. I'm sorry, but she sucks. <laughs> she's not going anywhere, dude. I think she's going to continue to get roles. And, 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 and that's the thing is like, I, I don't not like her as much as you do. You know, like, I think she's perfectly cast as a junkie teenager in Birdman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she does that well. She's obnoxious. The character's obnoxious and she's obnoxious. So it works. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I would have liked to have seen someone a bit stronger in La La Land, even though she fucking won an Academy Award for that crap. You know, it's, so, it's, I, I think, I, I think I know what you're saying. I, but for me, it's not, it's not like a generation of actors. It's kind of like a generation of stars, you know, how like there's actors and then there's yeah, stars. That's what, and then that's what people... I meant more is, is like the, the, the new A-list. Yeah. There's like, there's like that running line of B actors. I, I hate calling them B actors because they're the ones I actually prefer more, but the supporting players, the ones that are rarely going to get a leading role in something unless they're, it's a lower budget film, but these ones that are getting all the universal gigs and all this Disney gigs and all this shit. Yeah. Um, they're always themselves. You know what I mean? It's hard for them not to be anything but themselves. Yeah. So it's, and they don't want to be anything other than themselves because their publicist is telling them that they can't be because how are they going to get recognized as yeah, Emma Stone not, if they're not they're playing not Emma Stone in the new movie? Also, they're not talented enough. I mean, like you can just, I fucking, disagree. You can just fucking tell that like Emma Stone is on camera and the whole time she's watching herself in her head through camera Seeing like, see, am I, I doing a good performance? I disagree because I think I, I think it all comes down to producers, publicists, and of course, self consciousness. So I think you're right that that they're probably worried about this stuff because the one wrong move and you Ezra Miller shit, you fucking choke a fan and your whole career's ruined. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so you they're walking a tight, a very like a very thin tightrope of jumping off the deep end or and just just going with the flow and having fun with it yeah. and becoming uh, an icon you know it's the, the the struggle is always to become an icon and and for me an example of this is you might get upset about this but i think dicaprio is in a very similar category to this a lot of the time no, i don't like do that with motherfucker i think he's shit okay well he's in the same category but the thing is when his publicist trust someone trusts him in the hands of someone yeah. he is able to do something pretty cool you know what i mean yeah kind but of, for the most for the of, most part only because these people are given incredible roles this is a fantastic role that i have met actors from 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 fucking star now who would do a better job with this shit 
This is a terrific role to have. And Emma Stone butchers it because she does not have the chops to be an actor. She's just, she's just incredibly pretty. So therefore, actress in Hollywood. And she, she's yeah. like, she reads textbooks on how to be an actor and she follows that thoroughly. I'm sure she's a very good student, but I'm sorry, cunt, you are not a good actor. Again, I, I think, I think we've hit a little bit of a standstill here. I, I'll agree that she is underwhelming a lot of the time. And for me, I find her playing herself in inappropriate times. Mm. But I, I wouldn't say she's like bottom of the barrel, absolute trash. I think that's, I think that's a no, bit. No, I don't think she's bottom of the. I don't think she's bottom of the barrel, but be, be just, but only because the hor- the Hollywood barrel goes very deep. Mm. So, so you know she's all right, but yeah. she can't seem to get lost in a role. Mm. You know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying, but I think for a film like this in particular, you do have to get lost in a role. She's good in zombie land because it's a lighthearted comedy. But, you but put, she's herself in that again as well. Yeah, but it, exactly. But then she's on the same caliber as like Chris Pratt. Put Chris Pratt in that, in this movie and see how he does. It's a joke. Oh man. <laughs> that depresses me. I, uh. They're all getting... All those Disney people are now getting, like, cast in everything. It's crazy. Yeah, don't get me started. So, a lot of people that I read reviews from, like, not critics, mainly audience reviews, uh, really hate this movie. Um, Wait, critic or audience reviews? Audiences. Right. A lot of audience members fucking hate this movie. Why do you think that is? Because it's a period piece. No, I'm, I, do you think you can go into it a little bit more? Like you know, like uh, some movies. You know how there are films that are critically acclaimed, and then audiences yeah. don't like. Well, them and I everything. just do think, you think that- there's a. Do you think there's more of a reason why uh, audiences would feel the need to write well, really yeah, scathing yeah, reviews but just for this? Because film? I think that. So I think critics would love this film because. One, it's a period piece, and they seem to be biologically designed to just love period pieces. So, do you think that's why it got nominated for Best Picture? Mm, yes. S- sort of. Yes, yes, and also, but for the same reason that uh, critics will give it praise, is because it also has a, a European artistic spin. So, um, basically, um, a period piece, because it's about politics so it's not like an action film which they see is uh beneath them um it's about um politics which they see as sophisticated and nuanced so therefore have to like it because it's smart and i need people to think that i'm smart so yes good film also um european art house director uh gay shit so yes, tick in the box, five stars, uh, has everything that qualifies to be um, a, a masterpiece. Okay, and I think so audiences fact- don't like it for pretty much the exact reason, because it's boring. So what? 
Interesting. Okay, so I, I just I did not find this film boring at any single point during the entire runtime. So what does that say about me? Am I just a pretentious twat or something? Hey, like, don't set me. Don't for, set me up. I've already said. I've already said that it is a fault of mine that I cannot watch um, a film set in this era, sure, but, but like a Jane Austen this... type thing, because I find these people boring. Like. My girlfriend loves this shit, and I'm gonna rewatch this film with her because I know that she'll enjoy it, and maybe I'll enjoy it more with her by my side. Um, but you know, I'm just saying that um, it's 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 a, it's a criticism on the critics in that I think that if you already just have those elements attached to it, they will automatically five star it because they're more concerned with. They're pretentious, so they're more concerned with how people will view them. I better think that this is good because it's a period piece. It's about politics. It's got nuance, and also it's a you know European director um, that has some more arty shit going for it. So, do you find this film pretentious? No, I don't think that this film is pretentious. Okay, but they're opinions on it and their understanding of it yeah, is I pretentious. Yeah, I think that- Is that yeah, what you're getting I, at? I think that most critics are pretentious. Right, okay. But I don't, I don't think this film is um, pretentious and I don't think that this director is pretentious. And in fact, I quite like him. And I, I, mm. I respect what he did with this film, but I just think that the subject matter is tedious. And in fact, it, it actually quite- uh, You might find this interesting. This is the first film of his that he didn't write. Okay, cool. I was wondering if he wrote this. Okay. No, he didn't write this. This is usually he, him and he has a writing partner and they write all their, yeah, their stuff. But this is the first time that he actually did a, um, I don't want to say director for hire, but it's kind of a director for hire sort of gig. Yeah, because I was, um, which I was maybe wondering might explain that because it's like your, suddenly you've got, you've got a Hollywood budget and what, because we watched Dogtooth as well which is extremely low budget. And that's a, that's a great movie. It's very creative. And so it's like suddenly he has all this money and this is what he does with it? Well, you know, there, there are different ways of looking at the industry and everything. And I think the uh, Scorsese talks about uh, the being a bit of a smuggler in, in the terms that you make one for you, then you make one for them and that makes them happy. And then they give you the money to make one for you again. Yeah. So it could be a case of that, you know, he's, he's giving back by making this period drama and making it as interesting and as, as well as he can. Cause I think this is a well-made movie, whether or not you like your, uh, or dislike your, period pieces or whatever i i think this is an incredibly yeah i'm not arguing movie. with that i don't think that he made any mistakes in it i think that he he did a good job with it like you know again i didn't like it because it's not for me but in terms of yeah. how well he made the film i think he made it incredibly well like a, a, a good example i think for me is i'm not the biggest war movie fan i don't like war movies that much um I feel like I've seen every war movie already. And every time I get shown a new war movie, I've already seen it before. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that there is a point where there is a roof 
And I'm like, okay, I've, I've seen this before, like 1917, I saw it and I was just like, I've seen this movie about 10 times, you know? <laughs> so I can maybe understand that. But for me, this is a, this is a genre I don't de- de- uh, delve into too often, mm. but I, I know enough about it that I know that this is satire and yeah. I found it funny and I found certain aspects of it where they're lampooning it incredibly hilarious like there's a dance scene in it and i literally when i saw this in the cinema i i i my my mouth hurt from laughing you know what i mean yeah so you know i think it's i think it's self-aware of both its drama and its and its comedy yeah i don't know I, i had a really good time yeah it portrays all the um the royals and the politicians as as ridiculous characters and it does a good job of that well the for me the only non-ridiculous one is is uh rachel wise's yeah, character she she seems to have her head firmly on her shoulders the yeah, entire exactly. time i mean like it's you know and it, like it points that out like very obviously the fact that um the country is at war and they're struggling to win the war and the only person that is taking the fact that they are at war and they're in charge of that shit is Rachel Weisz's character. Did you think Sarah loved Queen Anne? And I think you talked a bit, but unfortunately you cut out. Do you mind repeating what you said? Yeah, I do think that she did. She at least had um, a genuine affection for her. But in the lives of these people, I think that um, any sort of genuine humanity is, is like bred out of them so that I I would, maybe I wouldn't call it love, but it's the only real relationship that she has, that she has like some sort of sliver of love towards the queen, but certainly more than, um, Sarah, Abigail. Sarah, sorry, are you talking about, you're talking about Rachel Wise's character, right? Yeah, so Rachel Wise's character has love for the Queen, but um, Emma Stone's character has zero. Because I thought it was, I thought they kind of spelt out quite obviously that, um, you know, the bit where she's like, I won uh, and everything, and then... uh, Rachel Wise's character says, I think we were playing different games. Yeah. Like to me, that spells out that like for Abigail, it was all about climbing the social hierarchy ladder and all that shit. But for Sarah, it was more about her relationship with Queen Anne. I th- for me personally, I thought that's kind of where they were getting at that from. And yeah, I didn't know what that meant at the time, but now you've said that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's what that meant. And you know, that they're, they're waiting to send each other letters and like there the, her i think one her apology to her and her trying to say sorry is one of the most genuine things i've heard you know yeah you know? she did seem to she did seem to um have a genuine affection for the queen mm. and it's the only i think it's, i think love i think i think like we can't avoid i think it's hard to avoid the word love you're saying affection yeah, but because only because like in their fucking sterile environment that they live in, it's the closest thing to love that exists out of every single character because every other character is just like aiming to climb a ladder. Yeah. And the only 
genuine form of human affection that exists is Sarah's love for the queen. But in, but like, and and the I queen's would, love I for would, Sarah as well. Mm, sure, but then the queen also has love for Abigail. See, the thing is, I don't think so. Like, I think but she's a new plaything. You know what I mean? Like, she's a new toy, and she wants people. She she got affection from someone uh, mm. when and and she got this this itch scratched that someone who genuinely loves you might not scratch that itch. You know but what I mean? The queen, but then would the queen be so willing to toss Sarah aside for her new plaything if there's genuine love there? Because she kind of tosses her aside for Abigail. She she can't. She the thing is, I think she really wanted. I like to to be perfectly honest. Sarah kind of left her no choice in the end when she kind of blackmailed her. Mm, but if it's true love, then love prevails all. Yeah, not when there's a conniving little cunt. Um, no, always, always, because that's what love is. Yeah, in a in a in a in a in love a happy, prevails in a, all. In a, in a, in love a comedy. prevails all. Watch Interstellar and watch Star Wars. Love prevails all. Right. Okay. So and it's not what's love your point if something then? else prevails. It. Sorry. What's your point apart from a sarcastic joke? <laughs> then it's not love. The queen doesn't love her. Doesn't love. The queen's, the queen's just. The queen's just after attention and. So um, you think she's doesn't love either of them, and her entire existence is just attention. I, I think yeah. I think that the the queen's entire existence is the only love she has is for herself, and people who are willing to mirror that love, whether it's. Whether it feels real or not, see. But the thing is, it is never to be subservient to her needs. But it, but it, but the whole point of the film and the whole point of the relationship between Sarah and the Queen, and every chance she got the the moment to mention it, she said she would always say to her, "Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to do what you need. I'm going to do what you you know. I'm going to do for you what you need." And you know, because mm-hmm. I pretty much because I love you, I'm not going to lie to you, and yeah. and they've had a relationship for years. So, if if what you're saying is true, wouldn't she have tossed Rachel Wise's character aside years ago if she's going to call her a badger all the time and she's going to no, ridicule her for being no, a fuck up? She, because it's all she had. Right. Okay. That's the only relationship that she had. And then once something else comes along in the form of a younger model who's willing to be more subservient and not call her a badger and just say that she's beautiful even when she looks like shit, she prefers that because it, it, it more perfectly mirrors her ego, what she wants to hear. And then she's happy to toss aside... Rachel Weiss. So she's a narcissist, borderline personality disorder sort of crap. Yeah, completely. Completely. Okay, I, I can I can buy that. I'm I'm. Even though you don't like this like film that much and all this stuff, you're actually making me want to watch it again, just from talking <laughs> about it and hearing your perspective on the characters. It's a film worth watching, and it's a film worth talking about. I said at the beginning, and I still stand by it. It's not a bad film by any means. It just it just bored me for reasons that are my own, but it's a it's a well made film, and I'd I'd call it a good film. Mm. 
But, oh my God, I did not give a fuck. And it's because of the presentation and... No, it's no, it's, be- it's, it's because I just don't fucking care about royals and their bullshit. I don't care. I wanted to see, like, what what was going on in the slums you know right show me someone with a real struggle i do not like these are these but you know like and and here's the thing i'll say again this is me so it's not a bad film but i cannot even watch curb your enthusiasm because because it's yuppie shit because i don't fucking care about rich people problems that's fair you're such a working class hero dane has anyone ever said that to you before no but it's about bloody time (laughs) (laughs) so on um on facebook i sent you a couple of um uh, reviews from this film do you mind reading them for us uh yeah give me a second to bring them up no, why are you doing that? So basically, <gasps> as uh, as a part of this show, uh, I basically go on IMDb and I look for the highest and lowest uh, review with the most upvotes. So the most popular negative perspective and the most popular um, positive perspective on the films. I basically, you know, we read them and we talk about them just to just to see if we agree or if someone's a dickhead or you know. Naming and shaming and that sort of stuff. Last time it was really eerie because we kind of agreed with both, even though they were saying very different things. That was weird. How are you going with this, um, Dane? Have you got it all up? Should I... Should, do you want me to read the best or the worst? You read first? whatever you want to read first. Okay. Well, I got I got the best up. Okay. So, let's read that one then. So, headline is... A, it's a 10 out of 10. Yep. 10 out of 10. E- e- eccentric, witty, and delightful. Enthralling from the very beginning and bursting with enthusiasm, this endlessly funny period piece mixed with a ravishing love triangle is Lanthimus at his most accessible. Oh, is that the guy's name? Yeah. Lanthimus? That's what I was saying. Yorgos Lanthimus. Yeah. All while maintaining the <laughs> more... All while maintaining the mordacious social commentary and absurdist tone that made him such a phenomenon. Needless to say, the favourite is marvellously shot, capturing with elegance the grandeur of its settings through gorgeous steadicam and extravagant wide angles. But what really sets it up... Extravagant? You're calling fisheye lens extravagant? Eat my cock. Well, the the only thing I could say is it's decadent. Like, it's it's showing so much of the mise-en-scene. Oh, my God, can you strangle me for saying that fucking sentence? No, no. Kill you me. Said I that. can't take Don't it cut back. it out. You said it. You're as bad as this guy. <laughs> Continue. Marvelously shot, capturing with elegance the grandeur of its setting through gorgeous steadicam and extravagant wide angles. But what really sets it apart are the characters that are shown against it. Arguably the most fascinating showcase of acting from each of its three leads. The dynamics of the trio are effervescent, chock full of disdainful side glances, sharp smiles, and laugh lasphious touches verbose touches no it's laugh it starts with an l <laughs> <I'm>, uh, yeah <laughs> no i just got it. all right good one joe good one brother making every man look like a disposable accessory oh, okay weiss is ever caustic caustic as sarah church i hate this cunt 
This is Andre Backy. Oh, I hate this so much. And <laughs> he's oh, European, so you know. the queen's confident and lover who actually rules the kingdom through her and stone is ravishing as Abigail, Sarah's cousin who plays a naive gleeful servant, but secretly will spare no efforts in order to become the queen's new favorite. I think he missed the point of the film if he's describing it like that. But anyway, however, it is Coleman who steals the spotlight through her mesmerizing performance of queen Anne infantile and broken <laughs> impulsive and lustful needy and erratic all at once she takes credit for almost every one of the most iconic moments of the film which are several through her delicious oh dude i hate it when people describe anything other than food as delicious <laughs> fuck off you fucking freak through her delicious delicious tantrums are you what kidding does, what does that through even her, mean through her delicious tantrums and hilarious excesses, but most notably through a few long mathematically precise close-ups during which her expression changes so subtly, yet so richly, that she conveys an extensive array of emotions, disarming the viewer with desperate loneliness and melancholy. All of that innovating and beguiling experience could never have been made possible without an incredibly solid script, whose segmented structure and whimsically titled chapters make the audience anticipate, with an expectant smile, what kind of wicked schemes and betrayals will come next. Bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> While it is riveting and lively until two-thirds well into the plot, some of the viewers might be left disappointed at how it becomes hopeless and dark. The sudden change of pace, however, is deliberate and calculated, leading to a visually unforgettable ending scene as it spelled unforgettable wrong, bitch. As each of the characters finally realize the inis also spelled finally wrong, realize the inescapable consequence of their extravagant behaviors. Ultimately, the favorite is an admirable confluence of talent whose likes mainstream cinema only glimpses rarely and that will leave audiences marveled and eager for more oh my fucking god that was worse than the film that <laughs> so what what this is so i actually agree with what a lot of what he's saying but he's the guy or the girl andre he's the person that got better marks in english than us because they knew how to turn three sentences into 30. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this is, it's incredibly padded bust out. out a thesaurus. Bust it basically using um, thesaurus.com to find out all the words like delicious to describe oh, anything. I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> Food is delicious. That is What all. do you think of his point of the film though? What do you, how do you, do you agree with him or do you disagree or clearly you disagree because I'm assuming you're not giving it a 10 out of 10, but yeah, what about his well, actual I mean, perspectives like, and insights into the film? The description of it, and I, like, I guess they're technically right, kind of like, I, I agree mostly. It's just the presentation that I disagree with. Sure. Um, I mean... I just cannot get past like 
this wank. Chill the fuck out, dude. No one fucking gives a shit. Yeah, well. You can take that. You know this many words, okay? I don't know half the fucking words. Like, you do I know the words. Like, you read. You read this quite eloquently, except for a, like I don't know if you, I, you 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 tripped on one word. I don't know if I pronounced a bunch of. No, you 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 nailed it, dude. Ten out of ten for you. Eccentric, witty, and delightful for you, Dane. <laughs> um, so that was by Thanks, Andre Bashi. Uh, eight, eight, nine, zero, two. Anyway, let's, uh, let's read the, the one out of, uh, 10. So this is Chris Brady, one out of 10 headline. Did I watch a different film? <clears throat> I read the rave reviews before the film opened and really look forward to it. I read them after the, I'd seen the film <laughs> and thought that I must have inadvertently gone into the wrong screening and watched a different film. The film I watched turned out to be an overblown, at least 30 minutes too long. I will agree with that, but I'd say like 20 to 15 minutes. Uh, Overblown, stylized, pretentious piece of nonsense only saved by three great actresses at the absolute peak of their powers. The soundtrack was as irritating as it was superfluous. Superfluous, our favorite word. Superfluous. How does this motherfucker... Okay, whatever. Superfluous, and the foul language is gratuitous as it was unnecessary. What? <laughs> yeah. I thought it's that too rude. I thought that maybe my response was because I didn't get it, being English and familiar with this type of film. But I saw the film in the US, and the mood of the audience throughout, and especially upon the ridiculous ending, was almost unanimously negative, and volubly so. I realize that in terms of reviews, I appear to be in a tiny, tiny minority, but if I can save one person from wasting their money on this film, my work will have been done. What a hero. He is (laughs) the hero we need, not the one we deserve. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I kind of of fucking hate both these people. But for very different reasons. Um, Yeah. This brings up an interesting point. I think an audience can make or break a film mm-hmm. and i'm talking at the cinema i'm talking at home i have mm. d- what are the chances you might have enjoyed this a little bit more if you watched it with your partner uh, i definitely think i would have enjoyed it more um as i was watching it i i was wishing that she was there and in fact like i said i'm gonna re-watch it with her because i'm very certain that she'll like it and that i will have a good time watching it with her because she loves like her favorite shit ever is like Pride and Prejudice. Yep. So she's gonna love this setting. She's gonna love all this. She's like, gonna get the satire as well. Yeah, she's gonna love the inner privileged politics, but yeah, she'll also love the satire. Um, so yeah, I'm you know, I'm looking forward to that. But I mean uh, yeah, I mean like I kind of agree with those. I, I think I fall in the middle of these two. Right. In that, um, I mean, the soundtrack is 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 a weird. I thing like to point it out be- because I I didn't even notice it. You didn't notice where she's screaming in pain while they're putting meat on her leg, and it's going. Bah! Bah! Yeah, there's there's a few there's a few moments where um, I noticed the soundtrack because it the, the it, you know it started to sound quite ha- haunting. Yeah, like um when. Emma Stone first befriends the queen. Yep. 
and then they sit down and start playing with rabbits. Yep. And then they play this music that sounds like... Um, I thought that was kind of neat, I guess, but I, 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 I didn't feel like it really needed that much of a heavy touch. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I for some reason, I, I like music that sometimes is a bit heavy-handed and a bit staccato to the rhythm of the film. You love mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood, and they do that shit all the way through that film. Uh, yes, that's true. You know what I mean? And it doesn't necessarily fit, follow the organic rhythm of what should be happening, but it, it does enhance and it does complement it in the long but run. But also, I think the reason that that works in There Will Be Blood is that movie is 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 almost trying to be a horror film but that um is 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 quite literally um a um an examination of a culture and is Dane is, can you shut the fuck up with this fucking um there will be blood shit that enough is and enough is a, and is and is a comedy at the very soul of it and it's trying desperately not to be, but it still has very funny moments. I'm sorry. That is all I will say about There Will Be Blood right now. Good film. Hi. 10 out of 10. Watch Hi, guys. Welcome to the uh, There Will Be Blood podcast, <laughs> where we uh, watch There Will Be Blood again. I'm going to start talk- the There Will Be Blood podcast. I'm talking about it every week, and I will never <laughs> shut up about it. It's I dare you. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, so, at the end of the day, what um, what would you give this out of 10 farts? Uh, it gets six out of ten for me. Six out of ten, uh, and yeah. it's brought down because um, it's a it's a it's a well made movie. Um, half of the cast, half of the main cast, is very good. Uh, the other half is very poor, and the subject matter is uh, uninteresting to me. Mm. Okay, well, I um, I give it nine out of ten farts. I love the presentation. I love the performances. Even even the ones you don't like. I, I I'm not the biggest Emma Stone fan, but I kind of find that because she's in it, it kind of fits with the fu- kind of fish out of water sort of thing. Visuals, you're not the biggest fan of them, but I I love the wide angle stuff. The score's great. I like the like. I found this film hysterical, and I could see if some people out there try to watch it as like a drama, they're probably gonna get really violently upset. Um, it ticks all the boxes for me. Um, it's not legendary status, but yeah, nine out of ten farts for me. Anyway, um, this has been part one of the two parts for this for episode twenty-five. Yorgos Lanthimos, thank you for listening, and talk to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>